Welcome to the Trinity Western University Chapel podcast. It is our prayer that these chapel talks would bless your heart and they would draw you closer to our Lord. We offer them to the glory of God and for the good of the world. Well, thank you uh, for the invitation. It's been a long time since I've been in this kind of a context, to be completely honest. I've had the privilege of being a chaplain at a Christian college in the past, uh, but it's, uh, it's been a long time. I want to begin as well by just simply acknowledging that we are on the unceded territory of the Stolo people. Um, And uh, just to to recognize that today, I'm just going to ask God to help us to hear today what we need to hear. Father, we come to you and we ask you for the ability to hear what we need to hear from you, to listen well, to be attentive. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Uh, Something I saw about the the title of this talk had to do with TikTok, and I just want to tell you right up front, I'm not going to be talking about TikTok. I'm going to leave that to Dr. Gerber to do on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to be addressing the the larger question that he posed to me when he first invited me to to, uh, talk uh, here today, and that is, how do we live faithfully with technology? It's a a topic that's of interest to me because I grew up without a lot of what we normally would think of technology. I grew up in the savannah of West Africa. We didn't have electricity when I was growing up. We didn't have running water when I was growing up. Uh, So I've, and and now I have this phone that's probably gonna go off, right, uh, while we're talking. So apologies for that, I'll just put that away. So I have a fascination with with technology and how it influences culture and all these sorts of things, but let's just focus in on the question, what does it mean to live faithfully? And I think what we imply by that is what does it mean to live faithfully as human beings with God? I think that's the implication in the question. How do we live faithfully as human beings with God with technology is the question of the day, right? Well, let me just focus on living faithfully just for a moment and suggest that to live faithfully is to reflect God into the world. It's quite simple, really. Go back to the beginning. We were created in the image of God. We were meant, in the words of uh, N.T. Wright, theologian N.T. Wright, to be like angled mirrors reflecting God into the world, each of us in our own unique ways. God's love, God's stewardship, God's care, God's attentiveness, even God's rest. The analogy of the mirror is helpful, but it's also flawed as all analogies and metaphors are. It breaks down at some point. Uh, First of all, because we're not inanimate creatures, right? We move, we're embodied souls. We touch things, we affect things, we listen, we hear, we create contexts, we make things. And additionally, as we know from the story from the beginning, that mirror got a crack in it early on, didn't it? And eventually it shattered into multiple pieces and so we're very fragmented representations of that early vision that God had for humanity. And during this Lenten season, what we're celebrating and remembering and and pausing to reflect on is that the mission of God was to restore us to that image 
or to that ability to reflect God into the image of our creator. And he's made that possible through the death, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the uh, coming of the Holy Spirit. He makes it possible for us to enter in, to participate in that renewal. Colossians 3, 9, and 10 talks about how we're to put off the old self and put on the new and through knowledge being renewed in the image of our creator. That's our calling. That's what it means to be faithful, is to participate in the renewal of ourselves in the image of our creator, in our own unique ways, with our own bodies and our own personalities. That's the image. And who would we learn from? See, Genesis doesn't really tell us much about what being made in the image of God is, means. What does it look like? We actually don't get much data from Genesis 1 about that. But in the New Testament, we start to hear about Jesus the image of God. He's the the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. Did you hear that? The image of God is the creator. And we were made in the image of God. Hebrews 1.3, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being in his finitude as a human being. And we get to participate in being renewed into a life where we reflect God into the world through our unique capabilities. That's the vision that we're invited into during this season. But what does that have to do with technology? I'm gonna declare right off the top that um, I'm a McLuhanite, I'm a a student of Marshall McLuhan in many respects. So I'm just gonna cut right to the chase and I'm gonna work with his definition of technology because I actually find it quite helpful. We could debate it on multiple fronts and if you wanna come talk to me afterwards, that's fine, let's do that. But um, his basic definition of technology is this. Technologies are extensions of the human. A hammer is an extension of my arm and hand. It enables me to do something with my arm and hand that I couldn't do on my own. With the uh, development of energy and the machine industrial society, the, the ability to store energy, whether you think that's good or not, that we begin to think about the earth as a battery The machine world kind of trains us to think about the earth as a battery. But the extension, a car, for example, he would say, McLuhan would say, is an extension of the foot. Vroom, vroom. But also, it enables us to go further and faster than we could ever go on our feet. Is that good or bad? That's not the question. The question is, not right now anyway, I don't think. The question is, what does it do? And how do the, our, the things that we make, how do our extensions affect us? That's the question that McLuhan likes to ask. How do our extensions of ourselves affect us? It's complicated. Because the dance with our technologies uh, or our amplifications, they shape us, they change us, 
They numb us. They extend us. They even have the ability to change our value systems. Remember what we're being called to? Right. Here's just one example. Marshall McLuhan um, uh, shares a story in his book uh, about a Chinese sage who's walking through the countryside. And he sees this old gardener who's climbing down into a well. This is what the people I grew up with uh, did. They didn't always climb down, but this old man would go down into the well, get a bucket of water, come up, go pour it on his garden row, go climb back down again. And the, the sage comes along and says, hey, you know, there, you know there's a way to do this faster and better. If you just take a lever and you put a fulcrum there and you, you pump, you can do this a lot faster and you can do 100 rows. Right? That's what our technologies tempt us to think like. Oh, but you can just do more and more and more and more and faster and faster and better and bigger. Listen to how this old man replied. Then anger rose up in the old man's face. And he said, I have heard my teacher say that whoever uses machines does all his work like a machine. He who does his work like a machine grows a heart like a machine. And he who carries the heart of a machine in his breast loses his simplicity. He who has lost his simplicity becomes unsure in the strivings of his soul, loses his sense of purpose, gets confused. Uncertainty in the strivings of his soul is something which does not agree with honest sense. It's not that I do not know of such things. I'm ashamed to use them. That sounds like a negative approach to technology. I don't think so. I don't think we should spin it that way. I think what he was observing was how technologies can affect us, and we need to be aware of how they affect us so that we can manage them well. We're surrounded by technologies. We can't escape technologies, but they shape us. And Marshall McLuhan said that the introduction of electricity, and I think this is particularly pertinent for our society today, he said the introduction of electricity into our world ramped up the intensification and the amplification of our, of our extensions of ourselves. Why? Because now they're coming at us at the pace of our nervous system. We're extending our central nervous systems out into the world. I type. Bing, beep, bing, beep, 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 right? We're getting responses like that. We're engaging at that speed. And if we allow that to continue, that can overwhelm us and our bodies will kick in and they'll start shutting down to protect us. So, is the internet bad? Is technology, is electricity bad? It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to pay attention to the effects. Why? Because of the greater calling that is ours. And I think that it's just really helpful because we're all unique and individual people. Our relationships to these technologies are gonna be unique and different. So I'm not gonna give you some sort of carte blanche sort of rule. Here are the top three rules to live by with technology. I, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to you know, lead you astray 
or have you blame me for something. But I want to suggest this. Pay attention to the effects of technologies on you. And one way to find out is to disconnect from them for a little while. And I know that some of you immediately think, oh, I'm going to disconnect from my smartphone. Yeah, that's a great idea. But how about disconnecting from chairs? Right? If you want to know the effect of our technologies on you, disconnect from them for a little while. And you'll find out what effects they're having on you. And then you can start to make wise, measured, thoughtful decisions that help you. And this is where McLuhan, I think, was really helpful. He talked about having ratios. That we learn to manage them. We can't control our technologies. They're not neutral. Don't let anyone ever tell you they're neutral. They are not neutral. But we can limit their effects on us in the cause of that greater agenda, which is for us to be restored into the image of our Creator. If letting go enables me to be more loving and attentive, some of you are in foundations, you just, I read some of your papers, and some of you chose to disconnect from your smartphones for three days, and you discovered these amazing things like, oh, I slept better. Oh, um, I was actually able to be productive. Oh, I had better conversations. Oh, I had time to do things and get them done and enjoy the world. Oh, wow. Is the technology bad? No. Do we know and understand ourselves and our relationships to them in such a way that we can manage them in participation with that grand vision of what Jesus has for us is to be restored into the image of our Creator. So I don't have any magic pills. I don't have any to-do list to offer you today, except to pay attention. And I'm just gonna close with this statement. <clears throat> we're reminded to be remade in the image of our, we're invited to be remade in the image of our creator, not our creations. Thank you.